Bibles, if you would, and open up to James uh, chapter one this morning. Uh, we're going to be in the book of James and we just have a few short verses again. James one, uh, five through eight. James one, uh, five through eight. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let's pray this morning. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, Lord, we do ask that you would speak to us this morning. We ask that you would uh, be at work in our hearts and, and in our lives and that we would understand uh, from the scriptures, from the word of God, uh, what we are to look for for you, that we are to look for you uh, for wisdom and guidance and instruction in, in all of our ways. And we ask, Lord, that you would uh, give us those things, that we would be a people uh, who ask. Lord, we pray that you would give me this morning uh, the words uh, to say and that it would be clear uh, from your word. Uh, in Jesus name we pray. Uh, amen. Sometimes I think as as adults, uh, we're afraid uh, to ask for things. Uh, we're afraid because it, it makes us look uh, needy. It makes us look uh, helpless. I think, too, the one the one group of people that aren't afraid uh, to ask for things are little children. Uh, and if a little child sees you have some candy uh, in your hand, uh, even if you have only one piece, they will often come up to you and ask, hey, can I have a piece of candy? Hey, can I have a piece of gum? There is no shame in the little child uh, in asking for those things. Now, sometimes as the parents, we're like, hey, you're not supposed to ask for that. You know, don't don't bother them. That's not very polite. But how often is it sometimes that way with God that we're not willing to ask for things? We're not willing to ask for the things that he promises uh, to give us. And so this morning, the main point is simply don't be afraid to ask God for wisdom. We all need wisdom. We all need understanding. We all need insight into how we should be uh, living our lives and obeying the scriptures. And so we shouldn't be afraid to ask for wisdom. And why is it that that many of us at times are afraid to ask for these things? Uh, Or when we ask, why is it that we are afraid that God uh, may not actually give us what we've asked for? And this is one of the, the rare promises in Scripture where when we are told if we ask for it, he will give it to us if we ask with faith. So first this morning, ask God for wisdom. Verse one or verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. We are all going to lack wisdom at some point. The whole idea that we have to ask for wisdom in this passage, I think, assumes that everyone is going to be at some point in their lives in need of wisdom. And it's worth noting here that wisdom is not the same thing as intelligence. Intelligence is is brain power. Intelligence is knowledge, the the ability to think. Wisdom is more of the ability to act, to navigate the world, to to live, to know how to take the biblical truths and apply them to our daily lives and live them out. 
So it's not merely knowing the biblical truth, but wisdom is to say, okay, which truth applies here uh, to my circumstances? It's interesting in that the book of Proverbs, there are two Proverbs that are back to back. And one of them says, uh, do not answer the fool in his folly, lest you be like him. And the next one says, answer a fool in his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So it almost looks like scripture is contradicting itself. And and if we're strictly legalistic, you go, well, which one am I supposed to do? And the whole point of wisdom is to say, you'll know when you have to do which one. Uh, some of the, the wisdom literature is is guidance, instructions for how to navigate these tricky things. And sometimes the scenario is such that that someone is just babbling off at the mouth. And if you're going to engage them, you're just going to, you know, you can't wrestle a pig and not get dirty kind of mentality. There are other times where someone's speaking and maybe they have some weight to what they're saying and and what they're saying is stupid. And you just need to speak up and say, I'm sorry, you're wrong. And you maybe their facts are wrong or maybe something else that you can just just kind of not in a, in a mean way, but you just kind of put them in their place and it silences the conversation and it keeps a whole bunch of people from getting maybe led astray or led down some path of decision making that's wrong. And so there is a time and a place for speech and, and the different speech. And the point is wisdom guides you in that. Wisdom from God helps you understand. It helps you know how do I apply these scriptures to my life? What is the decision that I should be making in this set of circumstances? And so I say all this to say being smart doesn't always entail being wise. Uh, just as an example, I had a friend uh, in high school and his dad uh, was a very intelligent person, very accomplished in his field. Uh, he had a doctorate. I, I believe he was a psychologist of, of some sort or, or something like, like that. And I'm assuming he was well-respected in the field. He was certainly well-respected uh, in his local uh, practice. And, and even in just the neighborhood, everybody kind of knew to him as the smart one, the brainiac one. And, and uh, I don't remember if he wore bow ties or not, but he certainly had that look of, of being the brainiac. Uh, and one time, the power uh, was out on Guam. And uh, oftentimes on Guam, you would have backup uh, generators or you would have often a propane tank. So you could still cook uh, on your stove. You know, we often had typhoons that came through, so the power would get knocked out for days. So one time the power was out uh, and he thought there was a leak in his propane tank because it was empty or seemed to be emptying faster than normal. And uh, so he couldn't find a flashlight to go out and, and check. And some of you know where this is going. He couldn't find a flashlight to go out and check the propane tank. So he took with him a candle to go out and check for a propane leak. I say this again to say that intelligence is not always wisdom. Uh, although my wife would say that was just plain not common sense there. Uh, the point being, you can be smart and you still, all of us, need to ask for wisdom from God because it is only in God that we find true wisdom. 
Second, notice just the phrase, if any, if any of you lacks wisdom. There's no shame here in coming up against things in life where we don't have the wisdom. And we'll use understanding as synonymous with that because it's often used that way in Proverbs. Where we don't have the wisdom or the understanding to deal with it. We don't know the best way forward. We don't know what is the wise path. We're having trouble, particularly in the context here, we're having trouble seeing and understanding how to count it all joy in our trials. Our trials are weighing on us and we just don't know. How can I even apply this verse? This is precisely why we ask God. Because we don't have the wisdom. A friend of mine said to me recently that no one sees clearly in the storm. And so sometimes we do get in trials and troubles and storms of life and just really hard decisions and very emotional decisions that we need to make. And we know maybe what the scriptures say, but we're struggling with finding the right path to, to obey it. The right way sometimes to balance love and and maybe fairness or or justice or integrity. Uh, And and so we need wisdom and we're only going to find wisdom from God. And let's just be honest that it is in every life situation that we're going to need wisdom. It's not just that we get to the really hard trials and say, oh, okay, now I'll ask for wisdom. We should be asking wisdom from God in all of the decisions that we make, in all of the life uh, choices and paths that we're heading down. And the only true source of wisdom is going to be God. You can get advice from friends, and, and that's good. You certainly uh, can, can talk to others or even become knowledgeable in, in some sort of subject to help you understand what's the best decision to make. But when it comes to wisdom... Wisdom only comes from God. Uh, Listen to Proverbs chapter two, verses six through ten. The Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guiding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity Uh, And every good path for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. So if you lack wisdom, if you need wisdom, the simple instruction here is what? Ask for it. Ask for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask for uh, ask God. It takes humility to ask for something. To, to really have a need to, to maybe you're behind on a payment of some sort and to, to go to someone and, and ask if you can borrow some money. That can be a very humiliating process. That can be very humbling because you have to acknowledge I'm in this situation and I need help. And so it is with asking God for wisdom. To ask for wisdom, we have to be honest and admit that we don't have it and we're not going to get it from ourselves. It's not a situation where if I just 
think about this hard enough and and analyze this enough. And, and believe me, you are you're listening to an analyzer. I analyze things to death and game them out and think of all the possible scenarios before I try to make a decision. But at the end of the day, there are some things you just can't analyze out and you need to ask for wisdom. You can't come to God and be asking for wisdom if you think of yourself pridefully. You have to humble yourself. You have to say to God, yeah, I really need this. I don't know what I should do. I don't know what the right way for it is. I don't know how to respond. And, and the reason then that we can have wisdom from God is because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is ultimately because of Jesus Christ that God will give us the wisdom that we need. It's because of his death and his resurrection and and all of the good gifts that he gives us, not only in salvation, but just in the living of our daily lives. And so you read in Colossians 2, chapter 3, talking about Christ, it says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And, And just as a simple thing, one way that you can know whether or not something is truly wise or its genuine knowledge and understanding is, is it biblical? And does it point you to Christ? Does it come from Christ? Is this something that, that Jesus would do? You can even ask, is this something that we see faithfully uh, represented in, in the scriptures? Uh, and so you might think, for example, uh, of, of a believer and another believer and one of the believers gets cheated in a business deal. And the, 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 the first believer says, hey, I'm going to I'm going to take you to court because this is how you've wronged me. And, and you ask the question, not only is that the right thing to do, but is that wise? And very quickly, if you study the scriptures, you understand that the believers are to settle these sorts of things outside of court. So you might get a Christian mediator. And there are actually professional Christians uh, that do this. Or you might go to the leaders in the church and say, hey, this is between two brothers. We need help uh, solving this. Now, this is just for civil things. This isn't uh, for criminal acts and and stuff like that. Uh, But the point is, everything that is wise and right and true in our behavior is going to be leading us back to Christ and back to his word. The good news is here that God gives wisdom generously. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. First, it doesn't just say God gives wisdom. Although this is true, what does it say? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. God gives out his wisdom generously. He's not stingy in the passing it out. Uh, When we ask for it, he is willing to to lavish it, to pour it out to us. He wants us to ask for wisdom. In asking for wisdom, it means we're not being self-reliant. We're trusting in him. And he is the one who gives it and gives it in abundance, gives it in generosity. 
So you ask him for wisdom and he's not going to just be like, okay, here's a little piece of wisdom and you can have that. Uh, But that's all the wisdom that I'm giving you for this week because you've got to pace yourself. Uh, Too much wisdom might be a bad thing. No, he, he gives it in abundance. Second, God doesn't reproach us when we ask for it. So if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. He gives it generously to all. So you ask and he doesn't measure you to see if you meet some sort of qualification. So a Christian asks for wisdom and God doesn't go, well, uh, let's see how your, your tithe has been going lately. Uh, or let's see how, how regular your church attendance has been. Uh, he gives it to all and he gives it generously. You're his child and he delights that you have asked him for something. He's not stingy, as I've already said, but he doesn't demean us in asking for wisdom. There's no shame in asking God for wisdom. Why is it sometimes in the church, I think it's the hardest place to ask for help? There's a fear of what others might think. There's a fear of how we might look. There's a fear of our reputation. Sometimes we have a fear of asking God for wisdom. Not doing it right in my Christian life. Maybe we feel a sense of guilt. We need wisdom for how to, how to obey the scriptures or get back on track. We need wisdom in the decision making. And we like to be these people that, that can figure it out on our own that can fix things on our own. We're afraid that if we go to God, and maybe we've asked him for wisdom in another different, a number of different things, and maybe we even feel like, here I go again. God is going to get tired of me asking for help and asking for wisdom. God doesn't reproach us when we ask for wisdom. So, Uh, He doesn't demean us. He doesn't shame us when we ask for it. He doesn't make you feel guilty. He's not up in heaven thinking, oh, fine. You know, if I have to do this again, uh, here's my Christian child asking for wisdom. Uh, No. He delights in giving good gifts to his children. Think of the illustration. If your child comes to you, and they ask you for help. And, and I don't mean, like, sometimes your kids uh, are, are a little bit lazy, and they ask for help because they don't want to actually do the work. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, some of our kids over the years, you know, they're doing some homework, and, and they look at the problem, and they're just like, I don't get it, I need help. And you're like, well, wait a minute, sit down and think about it. And so you, you pace them a little bit. No, I mean when your child comes, and they really need help. Maybe they're struggling with some friend at school and they don't know how to respond. Maybe it's a bully. Maybe there's just that mean girl thing or somebody on the bus or whatever. And they come to you and they want to share what's going on and they ask for your advice. And maybe they ask for your help. And maybe they ask for your wisdom. When you see your child in that kind of need, not coming to you out of a laziness. They're coming to you maybe out of a hurt, maybe out of a desperation. They just need help. Of course you do what you can to, to help them, give them advice, give them wisdom. 
give them instruction and, and guidance. Sometimes when they're young, you, you tell them exactly what to do. Sometimes when they're older, uh, mid, late teen years even, maybe they're a young adult, you, you give them some of the options. And you tell them maybe even this is what I would do, but the choice is yours because you're an adult or you're a young adult, depending on uh, the situation. But you would never mock your child when they come and ask you for advice, for wisdom, for guidance. And so it is with the Lord. The Lord doesn't mock us. He doesn't shame us. He gives these things to us without reproach. The third, it promises that wisdom will be given to us. Look at the end of verse 5. It will be given him. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. There's an assurance here. There's a, there's a comfort. There's a, a goodness in knowing God actually will give wisdom to his children who ask for it. Uh, this is a promise. You ask, God will give it. This is not, of course, some sort of uh, health and, and wealth gospel. This is not some sort of prosperity gospel. This is simply ask God for wisdom for guidance, for understanding of the scriptures and how to live them out and apply them, and God will do it. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. I think that if we are genuinely asking God for wisdom, we are going to have the fear of the Lord. We are going to understand his majesty and his power and his might and that he knows all things. But the reverse is also true. As you continue to grow in your fear of the Lord, you will grow in wisdom. Now, fear of the Lord doesn't mean that we stand in in sheer terror of him. We certainly, as a a child of God, know that we're forgiven and know that, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But it does mean that we stand before God with a reverence. And that reverence is a little bit fearful. You think of how the saints in the Old Testament, Isaiah in particular, he sees the glory of God. And and what does he do? He doesn't just stand there and say, wow, wow, this is so cool. What a light show. He gets down on his face and says, woe is me. That's, That's the fear of the Lord, that when you encounter the living God, You understand in in response just how lowly we are. And the fear of the Lord brings us to our knees before God. We know he's good. We know he takes care of his children. We know he provides for us. And in that way, he is safe. His, His righteousness is pure. His forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ is is true, and I can experience that. And at the same time, the fear of the Lord means I don't take God lightly. And when I ask him for things, I don't take those requests lightly. And when I seek his face and he, he works in my life, I don't take those things lightly. Because I understand the majesty of God. Second, this morning, when you ask for wisdom, don't doubt 
God. Now, this is uh, a little bit tough. If, if I, I think you're working through this. But basically, James is telling us, hey, ask, but don't doubt. Uh, and we'll unpack this. Ask, but don't doubt. Verse six. But let him ask in faith. So this is the character that we're supposed to ask in. We are to have faith and trust as we go to God that he actually does do these things that he can and he will give wisdom to his children when they ask for it. Let us ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. We have to ask with faith, knowing and believing that God gives wisdom again. This isn't the health and wealth prosperity gospel. Health and wealth prosperity gospel says, you know, whatever you ask for, God will give it to you. Uh, so, you know, they'll say things like, you know, sow a seed blessing into the offering and God will bring it back to you in your life tenfold. Uh, and then when you don't get that, that check for ten times the amount you put in the offering, what do they tell you? Well, you didn't have enough faith. It's your fault. It's not that you were asking God for the wrong things. No, it's you. James will actually talk about this later on. He'll say in James 4, you know, you ask, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you ask with the wrong motives so that you might spend it on your pleasure. That's along the lines of a correction to the prosperity gospel. Asking for wisdom has, isn't asking for money or riches. It's asking for God's guidance. And just like a shepherd delights in, in caring for his sheep and a parent delights in, in tucking their ch- children in at night, so God delights in guiding those of us who are his children. He shows us how to think and to live and to act, especially in our trials and hardships. And it is hard, I think, to ask with a pure faith. So he says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Now, if you're like me, my, my mind is always the one that, that is racing ahead. And, and so you ask for something and then you start to analyze, ooh, well, really, am I doubting here? Do I have enough confidence? And then you just start to like trip up your own mind in, am I really having faith? Rather than just simply looking to the Lord and saying, I need help. Keep in mind, The strength of our faith, the strength to ask these things in faith comes from the Lord. And so sometimes in life, I think it is good and right to pray like the man in the Gospels who was asking to be healed. And Jesus said, you know, if you just believe, I will heal you. And and the man says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. There are so many times in the Christian life where I think that is precisely the prayer we should pray. We do wrestle sometimes with doubts. We do wrestle with, with corners of our heart where, where even though we don't feel like we're doubting in the moment, we're worried that, that those doubts will creep up. And so I think it is absolutely appropriate to say, Lord, I really am believing here. I really am asking for wisdom. But if you, if you sense a, a reservation in you, you just say, Lord, help me with my unbelief. 
then you're doing two things. One, you're confessing your need for wisdom, but two, you're also confessing your struggle. Sometimes God walks us through something really hard and it's hard to trust God. And we say to ourselves, I do trust you, God, but I'm really struggling trusting you. I'm really struggling seeing it. And so we can pray, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Remember what doubt is. So, but let him ask in faith without doubting, for no one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, uh, for the one who doubts, excuse me, is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Uh, So you think about how a choppy ocean works. And it's just the waves are back and forth and back and forth. And if you've ever been out on the water, you know, on the beach, it always looks like the, the waves are rolling in, right, even in a storm. But, but when you're out in the water and the chaos of the water and you're in a, in a small boat, and yeah, the waves are moving along, but it's so chaotic, all it feels like is back and forth, back and forth, one wave throwing you back to the other, throwing you to the other. And, and James is saying, this is what it's like when you ask with doubt. Not, he's not talking about someone who asks and they're struggling. He's talking about someone who at the same time they're asking God, they are holding back from God consciously and saying, I don't really know if God can do this, but well, I'll give it a shot. The sort of putting God to the test kind of request. Well, God, if you can do it. Well, but if you can't, I'm just going to then say, well, I knew God wasn't going to give me wisdom. That's the kind of, of doubting that, that leaves us of two minds. That leaves us like this boat tossed uh, on the storm, on the waves of the sea. Luke 9.62, speaking about some different things, but, but I think helpful as an illustration, Jesus says, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And in the same way, If you're asking for wisdom and you're saying, that's what I need, and you're putting your hand on that plow and you're you're asking God for it, at the same time, you're turning around and looking back behind you, saying, well, I don't know if that that God is going to give me is really wisdom, so I'll keep one eye back here. I'm not going to really fully trust God, but I'll just test the waters a little bit. God doesn't give wisdom then. Because you're doubting him and you're doubting his goodness. We are not to be like Lot's wife, running to the hills, fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah. At the same time, we're looking backwards. And in the same way, we shouldn't add, ask for wisdom in that way. We shouldn't be wishy-washy. God has given you a promise here of wisdom. It's a promise with a warning. And certainly I think we can all be honest that we that we struggle sometimes with with faith. But stop trying to be self-reliant and believe that he will give it. We do offer our prayers to the Lord and we often say, you know, according to your will, O Lord. And and if it's your will. But here is a situation. Well, let me just say that if you're asking in prayer, if it's your will, if you're asking in prayer uh, according to your will, O Lord, that's that's never a lack of faith. 
You know, you pray for somebody to be healed and you say, hey, if it's your will, O Lord. The lack of faith is when we look at something that God has promised us and we think maybe he won't actually give it to us. So keep in mind here, we know what the will of God is. It's wisdom. In other words, not every prayer is answered the way that we want, and that can be hard sometimes. But what that doesn't mean is that in trials and tribulations, God won't give you wisdom. And I think it's important that you notice the context here is in trials and tribulations. Count it all joy. We ask for the trial to be removed. We ask for a change. And God in his gracious will doesn't always do that because sometimes his will is to walk us through that. But that doesn't mean he won't give you wisdom. It doesn't mean he won't give you insight. You might not get understanding in the sense of knowing all the whys that God brought you through this, but he'll give you wisdom, and wisdom will drive you to him. That's the one prayer, I think, here where assurance has been given. It's never not his will to give us wisdom in trials and in our counting it all joy and in our leaning on him, learning to be steadfast and humble. Consider Matthew chapter 7 through 11 just as a reminder of the graciousness of God. For which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? And if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? And if then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Or Luke eleven thirteen. If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And the Holy Spirit is not only our sanctifier, but the bringer of wisdom from God. And it says, if you ask God for the Holy Spirit, he will bring it and give it to you. There are a whole number of things that we can ask for that we have no guarantee that God will give it to us. You can ask him for a new job. You can ask him for healing. You can ask him to fix something in your life. Uh, You can ask for any number of things, good things, things that aren't wrong. And there's no guarantee that God will give it. And it's not because of your lack of faith. If you ask him for salvation, he will give it. If you ask him for the Holy Spirit, he will give it. And if you ask him for wisdom, he will give it. The double-minded person is the person who doesn't or will not receive wisdom says of this person that's tossed to and fro, this person that asks with doubt, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If you're asking and you're doubting, James is telling us here, you are unstable. You're not really looking to God. You're looking this way and that way at the same time. And you're not focused on the one who can give you wisdom. Now, I don't think James is talking about the person who is having trouble seeing God's hand in their trial. Sometimes in the hardships of life, 
we do feel like we're at the end of our rope. And we don't know where God is, or at least we don't feel like we know where God is. He's not talking here. James is not talking here about the person who is genuinely hurting and in despair. I don't even think he's talking about the person who is trying hard to trust God, but just finds it to be a constant struggle. Sometimes the life of faith is a struggle. Again, that I believe God, but help my unbelief. You read the Psalms, particularly the lament Psalms, and the psalmists just pour out their hearts. And, and they have this depth to our, their struggle. And there's, there's no sugarcoating it, right? There's no like, oh, the sun will come up tomorrow and this will be nice. I mean, some of them, the psalmist is wasting away on his bed throughout the night and pleading that God would catch his tears in his bottle. It's hard, the Psalms show us. He's not talking with that kind of wrestling, that kind of despair. James is talking about the person who is putting God to the test. Not the person that's in despair and just pleading and doesn't know what else to do and feels like God isn't there, but the person who is saying to God both, well, you can give me this, but I'm not sure if you will or if you want to. Um, I believe you and I trust you if you give if you give me this wisdom. In other words, the person that asks and they, they, they make a condition to it. Well, I'll trust you, but first you've got to give me the wisdom. That's, that's the doubting. That's the, the putting God to, to our standard. You show me your cards, God, first. You show me what you can do, and then I'll believe that wisdom comes from God. Then I'll believe that God gives wisdom. That is the kind of person that God is talking about here, the double-minded person. It's also the person here with genuine reservations. person maybe says in their minds, well, you know, what do I've got to lose? I'll give this God thing a try. Sometimes people treat God like um, like gambling at the gambling table. You know, well, I have 100 extra bucks here. I might as well just blow it. Uh, maybe I'll get lucky. You know, the, the, sometimes even non-Christians are like this. Well, you know, what can prayer to God hurt? They're not really praying in faith and trust. They're not acknowledging that God does all things right and well. They're praying with this reservation of, well... We'll just wait and see. That's not the prayer of trust. James doesn't seem to be talking here about the Christian who is weak. James isn't talking about the Christian who is crying out and saying, help, give me this wisdom. The desperate cry is not the faithless cry. Sometimes in in seasons of life, all we can do is cry out to God for wisdom or for help or deliverance or all of those things. And keep in mind, our desperation in those moments doesn't signal a lack of faith. It signals our humanity. It signals our frailty. It signals that we are going before the eternal God who can do all things. Even Christ in his humanity prayed in desperation. In Gethsemane, on the cross, desperate prayers 
aren't a lack of faith. Double-minded prayers are a lack of faith. When you're thinking two different things about the prayer. Will he? Won't he? Can he? Can he not? There is a cry to God that makes his answer a condition of whether or not we will trust him. That's the double-minded cry. Well, I'll ask God, I'll ask you, but only trust you once I see the wisdom that you're going to bring from me and to me. And James says, yeah, if that's how you're asking, don't think you're going to get it. And it's not because God isn't good. It's because you're not really asking. And so we kind of come full circle to this and we say, don't let pride and self-reliance get hold of you and don't let it hold you back from asking God for wisdom. You think of the example of Peter walking on the water and as he steps out of the boat, things are going well. He's looking at Jesus and then all of a sudden he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He sees the wind and the waves crashing down and what happens? He begins to sink. When he looks at the wind and the waves and he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he begins to sink and flounder. And so we say this, ask God for wisdom. But don't look at the wind and the waves and question whether or not God can give wisdom. Will he, won't he? Does he have enough wisdom for me? Look how bad my circumstances are. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.3 In whom are hidden all the treasures and wisdom of knowledge. 1 Corinthians 1.30 And because of him you are in Christ Jesus who, because of, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Let me ask you just a couple quick questions. One, is there some area in your life that you need wisdom? Maybe it's a struggle. Maybe it's a decision. Maybe it's just something else going on. Number two, have you asked God for wisdom? If you don't ask God for wisdom, you can't be certain that he's going to give it to you. Now, sometimes God gives us things that we don't ask for. He's just good like that. But have you asked God for wisdom? And then the third thing is, how have you asked God for wisdom? Have you asked with that trust? Have you asked with that single-mindedness of knowing that God can do these things and he delights in giving wisdom? Or do you have a sort of double-minded, well, I'll wait and see if God gives wisdom. Or sometimes we even say, well, I'll wait and see if I like the wisdom that I'm going to get. And we reserve following it until we become the judge of it. I encourage you to examine your heart today as you seek the Lord for wisdom. Let's close in a word of prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day and we thank you that you're a God who gives wisdom. We thank you for your care. We thank you for your protection. We thank you that we can trust you and know that you are good. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought us to be a people of faith. Give us wisdom and, and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.